Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Revis. And who, sir, are you? I am the producer. My name is Matt Duncan. Freddie, how are you doing today? We've got some big news. I'm just aching to get to it, but uh, how are you doing? I'm doing very good. If you are tuning into this podcast for the first time, we are a Raptor slash NBA pod. We're hardcore fans. Uh, we're comedians and actors. We have analysts on, performers. It's a whole mixed bag. You just got to be a hardcore fan, but let's get right to it. Uh, you know, if people want to know what's going on, you're yeah. going to tell them. Maddie, what's up? Let's break the news. Okay, we got some huge news for our subscribers here. Um, you know, it's a little bit bittersweet in some ways. So uh, we'll start with the good. And that is that Freddie and I in the Confederacy of Dunks are joining the Rapcast on Raptors Republic. Uh, it's uh, an exciting time for us. We, you know, it's always been something kind of in the back of our minds as a goal. Uh, if, you know, like, oh, hopefully one day we could reach this level and, you know, it looks like it's coming into fruition. So, uh, yeah, we are at, this is our last episode with the Sonar Network. And after that, we will be joining the Rabcast. So you will be able to listen to us there. I'm sure a lot of you Raptors fans are already subscribed to the Rabcast. You know, Catherine's other podcast is over there, Buckets and Tea, uh, as well as a, a slew of other ones, which is great. So it's like a, a great podcast to subscribe to to get all the different shows and uh yeah i will just say fred before i hand it to you that mm -hmm. um you know like i will be freddie's still gonna be here with sonar with the pickup make sure that you subscribe to that and check it out it's a WNBA podcast and uh i will be leaving so thank you very much to you know michael and mariana for bringing us on you know, a year and a half ago. And I'll just say that, you know, we were like a few months into the pandemic. Then when we joined Sonar, we were in the, like a, like the despair was real that we were mm -hmm. in, you know, even with the podcast, you know, the season was paused and we were, you know, tr grasping to try and keep giving new content and stuff. And, you yep. know, it really was a, uh, like a, um, a breath of fresh air to, to get, you know, in, to the sonar network and we're so appreciative i just think it's made us more legitimate and we've made great relationships and stuff here and they're, they're super supportive of us leaving and everything so thank you very much guys for that and uh yeah you know we're just gonna we're dunkspodcast.com it's still gonna be there we're actually going through a little revamp it's gonna be a whole new look so hopefully by next week that's gonna be ready to go and we will have the archive Beauty. of this episode and all of our past episodes there that you can listen to the time capsule will still be intact you can click on every season and every off-season episode and listen there and then everything going forward will be on the rabcast so please subscribe there uh freddie i'm gonna Pass it over to you now. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I might pass it back in a sec, but I'm just <laughs> going to say a couple things. Uh, one, uh, Maddie, I so appreciate your effort and, uh, you know, being a, you know, a teammate with you in this. This is like a big moment for us. We've been working towards, uh, you know, just on our road to like legitimacy, doing this this passion project and yeah. and talking raps every day and having fun and, you know, m- messing around. Um and, and, you know, the idea of the time capsule is, is so special. And I like that we have that, you know, people can always go back and check mm. what the Kawhi season was like. Yeah. What are, you know, getting swept like by Cleveland's like, whatever, yeah. like it's, you know, the, the history is there. We've, we've been a podcast, uh, since, um, you know, me and Kevin Douse, uh, freaked out when we traded for Kyle Lowry. Like that's how, that's the birth of this podcast. Uh, when, when, uh, Brian Colangelo, uh, traded for Kyle Lowry. So, uh, it's, you started in a storage unit and, um, now we have some professional aspects to yeah. the pod. We're still loose and, and nuts. <laughs> so, you know, just, you know, a big thank you to you and this journey that we've taken together. So first first and foremost, I want to say that. Yeah. Thanks, man. Um, no problem. Like, uh, you know, without you as a producer, like, you know, this pod just isn't what it is. And, uh, you know, whether it's an insane sting, uh, <laughs> or a snowblower or whatever the hell, or the, you know, the love for Chuck Hayes, the hate for the Spurs, whatever. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, quite that's, a journey. Faded, that's faded a bit. Right? Yeah. Um, and, and also I'm gonna, I'm gonna thank, uh, you know, Michael Mongliardi and, uh, and Mariana Monitis as well. Just echoing what you're saying, they put so much effort into this podcast with, with promotion. So make sure everyone to please, you know, continue to check out the Sonar Network, support yeah. all the podcasts. Like these are local Toronto comedians for the most part. Yeah. Uh, you know, and every every little bit of energy you give them is just appreciated and received. And we're still fans of the network big time. Big so time. definitely continue to support uh, Sonar. Obviously, yeah, me and Catherine's podcast, uh, yeah. the pickup's still going to be on there. Um, and that's our home. Right. So, yeah. Um, and, and then I'm also going to say, I'm, I'm so excited for Raptors Republic. I, uh, I've been a fan of, you know, Raptors HQ and Raptors Republic since, I mean, I don't want to say since the beginning of their website, but I mean, guys like PhD Steve and, and Sam Halako and, you know, obviously Blake Murphy and William Blue and Alex Wong and, you know, so many names, so many guys who have, uh, you know, been a big part of that website and, and, and just kind of like this idea of people always complain about not getting love in the States. It's like, well, if you, if you look at rappers Republic, we have, we have all the coverage we need and in depth and intelligent coverage. And, you know, rappers Republic is asking questions, uh, you know, in pressers, you know, whether it's Lewis Zatzman or whomever, like it's, it's, it's a cool thing. So, you know, we feel like we we've made it to where we ultimately belong and, and that's a fun feeling and yeah, we're excited to be part of the rap cast. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, yeah, tune in and, um, we'll still be, uh, ourselves and, you know, they don't want to mess with our content at all. So yeah, we'll have some different guests, but we're still going to have a lot of the same guests and, uh, yeah, it's an exciting time. And um, thank you yeah. so much to everyone who supported this podcast along the way. Uh, I hope you feel like you're a part of this because you are. And uh, yeah, uh, whoever's listening to this, honestly, thank you. I appreciate you. But uh, yeah, uh, Maddie, I think, you know, I think let's hop into this pod, right? Uh, this last final pod here. Yeah. Before I do, uh, you know, I'm just going to say, well, yeah, let me just preface the pod a little bit. So we got Yawatua, 
uh, amazing comedian. We got uh, uh, Darren Menezes, uh, Menezes. I think I, I perhaps butchered his name, even though he told me how to say it properly. <laughs> you know, that's something I might always do. You didn't Cle- call him Kevin, so that's good. I didn't call him Kevin, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, it's incremental growth over here. Uh, but um, yeah, you know, it's a really fun pod. We talk about who the Raptors heel is, uh, like, you know, our tough player. We talk about obviously Kyle Lowry, our favorite moments from the game and overall we talk, we make up awards, uh, you know, which is pretty fun and weird. And uh, we talk about, you know, the potential death of the super team with the nets and the Lakers struggling so hard. Yeah. And it's, it's a great pod. So uh, yeah, as you said, bittersweet and um, you know, exciting, like onwards and upwards. And um, yeah. So I'll also just say, um, I don't want to t- take it down a note, but I don't want anyone to forget about Brittany Griner. Uh, her situation is still very scary and frightening in, in Russia. And uh, obviously no one knows what to do. Uh, Lisa Leslie of the WNBA recently came out and sort of admitted to the fact that it's like they were, you know, key members of the WNBA were told to like sort of be quiet about it because like they're trying to handle this in a way that gets Brittany out of there. Obviously, you know, I guess we count as media, but it's sort of, you know, yeah, this isn't something that can be ignored. Like, uh, you know, I don't know how this happens, but um, everyone just make sure you're familiar with it. And, uh, you know, you can decide what your approach is, but um, we're certainly not going to stop like mentioning it or talking about it because it's just such an injustice. And, you know, just makes my stomach like heave like that she's having to go through this it's very Um, easy to get lost in that system over there too you know yeah and like you know all the news right like all the different war news it's It's not like she's just at the don jail you know what i mean like this shit's russia they send you to siberia and shit it's fucking crazy there yeah and you know she's obviously innocent and you know like a pawn and it's uh it's a negative situation so uh Obviously, you know, it's not the funnest thing to talk about, but don't want to ignore it either. Yeah. Um, and yeah, with that said, uh, once again, thank you to everyone, you know, yeah. catch us on Raptors Republic. Yeah. And um, yeah, uh, let's uh, let's do this pod. Matt, if you feel like we're good to go, please just give me those words. I crave so much. Okay. 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 All right, bam, Lagasse, bam, out of bio. Let's go. Uh, this is going to be a fun pod, number two forty. Of course, the Lowry game just happened. Uh, we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, I was there, missed the intro like a true clown. So, uh, you know, feel free to make fun of me if you see me on the street. I'll be, uh, I think, regretting that for the rest of my life. But uh, you know, things happen. Uh, Scotiabank lines were slow. They were slow. I don't know what to say, but uh, yeah, let's, let's bring on guest number one. Uh, it's his first time doing the pod. Uh, he's a, a hilarious comedian, a pretty good baller. Like we played once at Christy Pitts. Uh, he's a, uh, he's got a podcast going. Um, where is it here? Uh, yeah. Toronto sports pod. And uh, he just uh, restarted his show. I know you used to have a show in the hammer, but uh, he just uh, started up uh, Winona ride or die. At the Winona Bar, I, I assume, uh, same owners of Tall Boys. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited to have him on the pod. I, uh, you know, I think I think we're gonna vibe basketball wise. 
Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Darren Menezes. This is your song forever now. What's up? How oh, are you? Thanks song. for joining. Great song. Thanks for cooking up this song for me. I love hey, it. No problem. <laughs> right off the bat, let me just say, I clearly stuttered on your last name. So oh, that's okay. Can you say it correctly for, for, the, for the folks at home? Last name, Menezes. First Menezes. name, not sure how to say it. Hard to say. <laughs> First name, no one knows. D-A-R-R-E-N. It's tough. That shit's weird. I'll leave it alone, you know? <laughs> Darren Menezes. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm a big fan of the pod. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to be on here. Man, I'm excited to have you. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I feel like we had some chance encounters on the Westway Rail Path. You know? <laughs> yes, I live right beside it. So, yeah. yeah. I'm always there. I'm always on the bridge. <laughs> yeah, you're always living life on that DuPont bridge, baby. Um, yeah. Before before it becomes all like a net and stuff. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's keep going. Let's bring on guest number two. Uh, he's done this pod a bunch of times. Uh, he does it all. He's a hilarious stand-up, sketch comedian, podcaster, improviser. Uh, you know, he, he's an actor. He, he he does fringe plays. Like, honestly, this guy's like got it all going on. Uh, give it up as loud as you can, even if you're home alone, for Yawatua. I'm so excited because I'm like, my theme is very, very summer. And I'm like, how to build summer in here? If people yeah. listen to me on the pod, they're, they're, this is, I'm on theme song too, but both of them are very summer. They're both yeah, very. That's a great song too. I like yeah. that too. God. Maddie looked at me, producer Maddie looked and he was like, this guy loves summer. And I was like, I do. And then I was like, oh, I do. Yeah, <laughs> definitely give off a summer vibe. I like it. But yes. I always got to say, not just summer, like drugs plus summer. Like, that's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like a beach, but like someone's like high and lost on it. You know what I mean? Like that's you, man. That's, that's you. I nailed you. <laughs> He's it's like me, but it's I'm me. Straight edge. You know I mean? Yeah, it's not see, me, but it is me. I see Yao and I like drug summer guy. Yeah, I, I've hung out with him. He's cool. Oh, for sure. <laughs> It's like it's drugs and alcohol, baby. It's <laughs> not just an exhibit song. <laughs> uh, okay. Enough slander on Yao uh, for no reason. Just a nice person. He's like, yeah. dude, dude, I, I, I got an agent. I got, man, don't talk about me like this. Uh, My agent will be like, all press is good press, baby. And then, <laughs> you know what? So would mine. So, um, <laughs> all right, let's, let's jump right into some Raptor stuff. Maddie, good sir. I mean, the stings have been coming in. Hot, because I think Maddie found a new website. So, good sir, <laughs> give me your most delicious, weird raptors sting. Scotty Barnes reminds me of myself filming the Predator. He's not afraid to get muddy. Here we go. <laughs> I mean... I love that. I love that. Clearly Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's remarkable. Uh, That's remarkable. Clearly the predator. Um, <laughs> and discussing the filming. You don't die happy now that we've heard Arnold say Scotty Barnes. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I think out of all the ones Matt's done so far, that one seemed like an actual sentence, but that he somehow slipped Scotty in there. The other ones so far have been like this weird mishmash of like, you know, like does does anyone remember that time when it was like Google, uh, like a Google Vision and everything looked really weird? Yeah. Do you, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Where yeah. Like Google would animate things. Yeah. I think Matt found a website yeah. like that. The Confederacy of Don't Say Talking Raptors. They talking to <laughs> you. See, like if Stephen A heard that, he'd be like, "Did you? What? Like, what's going on here? Is this just like eternal sunshine? Of his mind? Like, um, okay, Maddie, unplugged, unleashed. <laughs> yeah, Maddie is unleashed. My God, more to um, come. Maddie put away his snowblower and he just busted out the gun. I'm, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting to say something that elicits the perfect um, vibe for Maddie, and it inspires him to find something okay. that goes with it. That's my dream. That's what I dream of the podcast. Besides leaving my opinion, it is my dream to inspire more uh, sound bites. Oh, I love it. Well, yeah, yeah. Let, let's go to you first. So um, give me, give me your fave, uh, you know, Kyle Lowry return. Uh, yes. That's, you know, going to be the first chunk of this pod. Great game set for the end. Yes. Great game set for the end. Um, I was there. Was it awesome game? Yeah. Like hero went off and, you know, Max Struss was like seven for nine from three, but um, yeah. What's your favorite Kyle moment from the game or just, I guess, moment. And what's your favorite Kyle moment ever? Uh, so my favorite moment of return on, to be honest, was having his kids at center court. Yeah. Like, nice. like mm-hmm. it, to me, it says a lot, right? So you have, he has both his sons at center court. They they have a very fond affinity of Toronto. The, everyone remembers the intro for his dad when they were in the bubble. But it's kind of like one we as fans and family know his kids. And two mm-hmm. is for his kids to be like absorbing. Like, I feel like they were like, we're going home for a bit. We're going home for a visit. And then they just look out of the crowd and there's just like, we're all cheering for you guys. So for me, it was like that because most of the time when players go home or players go back to a team, they have affinity for history for it's them at center court is them having that moment by themselves. Uh, and the video package is great. Uh, you, you missed a hell of a video package. Uh, I did. And the ovation was great, but like for him to be like, I need to share this with the two people I find the most important. And I, and that's like, it's a school thing. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. those, kids, those kids were put onto a plane and they came to Toronto because it was important for like, not just Kyle to come back to Toronto, but his family to come back to Toronto, his family, Toronto is all they knew. Um, so for me, that was important because it's, it, it makes me feel like Toronto wasn't a stopover or a jumping off point that Toronto is like, deep in his DNA and that was my favorite moment yeah it's like you know it also emphasizes that like we as a fan base got to like witness someone grow up and then stay here to to win it all and then you know his bringing his sons there is kind of just yeah I mean Kyle was always about that right he was always about his sons you know I think like that was a big part of the the Casey DeRozan DeMar or DeRozan and uh Larry era, right. was like their kids were very much around and mm-hmm. like, it was sort of like, that was part of like the, 
I feel like the the maturation of this franchise in general was kind of yeah. like it was grounded by family. You know, it wasn't just a place where people went to, you know, get stats, get a better contract and, and party. And like also Kyle always talks about how his biggest accomplishments is getting people paid and giving them and their families yeah. generational wealth. Like he's brought that up so yeah. many times. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's your favorite Kyle moment ever? Oh, geez. Jeez. Uh, I know. Right. I, ugh. It, there's so it, many, so, there's there's so many, it's so many, but it is, I, you know what, let's mix, let's mix some things up because I think it's kind of been important historically for the Raptors just because the acknowledgement. Um, and of course the, the enormity and the mega feeling of the moment, but it is Kyle on the bus wearing a Stoudemire jersey celebrating the championship win. Um, that's a yeah, great one. That's a great one. It's great just, image. It, again, it's it's like, you always like to look for the meaning within the meeting. Like it's not just the moment. Like it's really easy to be like the the moment he knew he they won the championship because I think that smile is like everything. But like it's him mm-hmm. going through like that parade went in front of my old place and is like it's going through the city wearing that mighty that Stoudemire jersey um and him just like like the history of the Raptors like it was all it all led up to this championship it all was glorious so that's my favorite moment is him acknowledging that that's a that's a perfect answer too because like I feel like when this this whole groat conversation you know greatest Raptor of all time I think what's happened is like there's a natural comparison of like, is he better than Vince? Mm -hmm. But I think what's been kind of cool is there's been a lot of people and rightfully so who've kind of, you know, it's not Bosch, right? It's Kawhi was kind of like a hired gun. DeRozan, maybe if, you know, things went differently, but it's fun that people keep bringing up uh, Damon Stoudemire because he was, he was absolutely out of control. He was amazing and such a good Raptor and he's a big part of the Raptors foundation. So yeah, again, you know, Kyle being able to like recognize the roots of this franchise in that way, like in the parade, I, I, I didn't even expect that. And that, that was such a fun moment. Like seeing that I was like, man, Kyle, like he such understands the gravity of everything here. Yeah. yeah. And in both moments, it's not just about Kyle kind of like, and get, we, we've all seen it. Like we've seen a parade, a championship parade where people are wearing either a championship shirt or dressed up and they're just kind of like, we won. Um, or we've seen people come back and been like, thank you for acknowledging us coming back. Uh, mm-hmm. But in both situations, Kyle leveled up in a way that you're like, mm, see that? He, he's thought about this moment a little bit more than other people would have. And I acknowledge him for it. It's, it's great. That's what makes him the greatest rapper of all time. It's because yeah. if you like go through talent level in like the accomplishments, like a lot of people will say Vince and I like because he just put the Raptors on a map. Um or, or like, but it's just like it, it's we don't have Vince's DNA throughout our organization. We have Kyle's. We have his work ethic totally. and his like yeah. Like we oh like we could have given up on you, but we didn't. You worked hard and you've earned this. And that's what we see with this team, which is why this team excites me, because like this is the offspring of like the Kyle Lowry work ethic. And we've seen the offspring of the Vince Carter era, and it's just not as good. Man, mm-hmm. that's like such a 
such a perfect point and always reminds me of that that beautiful you know moment in tampa bay the like the his sons like yeah. you know from north philly to your city like just seeing them in the yeah. basement like i grew up with brothers and like the excitement there and watching kyle's like genuine joy um, yeah seeing his sons uh introduce him was so sweet I so sweet uh darren yeah what's your what's your favorite kyle moment from the game you were at the game too i hope yeah. you didn't miss the intro like me no and, I was, in all time i was with my sister so she made sure we were there on time for sure but it was it was very emotional to watch the tribute video i thought and like for me the the best moment was okay the tribute happened it was great that he walked out to the center i do agree with that because i always found like whenever these tributes happen, they always like stay on the bench, stay on the bench side and kind of like, you know, wave to the crowd and whatever. But he did it really well, bringing his kids out. He knew what this was, basically, which was mm -hmm. great. And uh, well, what really got me was um, so it was over. The game's about to start and he goes up to Nick Nurse and Nick Nurse is like about to shake his hand, but he just goes in for the hug. And like the yes. crowd, and the crowd gave him a cheer for that. And he said he went around to all the assistants too, and you know, the, the players as well. But like the uh, the hugging and uh, embracing all his like former teammates, and like just the uh, the emotional attachment that he has with like these people because he's been through so much with them with the championship run and everything. It was just really nice to see. And uh, you know, the game was secondary for sure for all this stuff, yeah, especially because totally. like, they lost. But um, see, yeah, he acknowledged the moment. Exactly. Acknowledging the moment, just knowing what it was and all that um, was really great to see that, you know, it wasn't just like, you know, a quick little thing. Um, but yeah, I really like that. Um, um, that's yeah, that's fantastic. Like, I think also the love, too, because, you know, I was just yeah. listening to um, Samson Folk uh, had had uh, had Vivek Jacob on and they were just kind of talking about like Kyle's like slow but steady embrace of the city like and even yeah. his like his kind of like i don't know what the word would be like ornery i guess attitude with the media like that's even gone like he was yeah. like he's like i love the media too you know and it's like man you know th this this also reminded me of you know you, you both kind of like are tying in like this acknowledgement of the moment and when i was at the game i kept thinking like oh man this is so cool because like kyle's not done with us like, yeah. I don't know what what form of playing he's going to do with us. Maybe it's like a, a you know, RIP, but a Roy Halladay scenario where he comes back for one game to retire his jersey, whatever. But I think even after that, it's like, man, I don't think Kyle's done being a being a Raptor. And that's so cool that we have that now. Like he's not, yeah. not going to retire his jersey. Like he, I'm not saying he's going to coach, but I mean, I, I just yeah, I'm not sure. Like it just seems like it's in his DNA, like like Yao said. You definitely um, saw like when he wasn't playing and stuff, like how he would kind of coach up the guys and all that, like especially like his last few years here. And you see Freddie kind of doing that now here and there. But yeah, you see like him kind of going that way for sure. And what's your uh, what's your favorite all time Kyle moment? Oh, so I was thinking about like just moments in general. Like my favorite moment, of course, was like game six, first 11 points. Yes. Been amazing. I love him so much. But I was thinking of like the moments that were like that scarred me. That were like, and it was it was the the goddamn um, Paul Pierce block on Kyle Lowry. I'm happy when he won Paul, 
<laughs> when Paul Pierce was in that and he's he did that because it was like the start of something. It was like a start, yes. right? Because we were just like that was his early days. That was our early days of, of getting on this like playoff run. Uh changes were happening, you know. It was like the acknowledgement of like, you know, we're a good team, we're not there yet. And it had to be Paul Pierce, obviously. And that that scarred me. And um the other one was uh when he got the game tying uh three pointer. Miami uh, against against Miami, yeah, and I just remember him. That was just him being like an annoying dude, like him yes. him hitting that, and you saw the Dwayne Wade's face of him just like dropping down. He was like his career was almost over, so he's just like we have to play more now because of this guy. Like <laughs> I, was I just remember that. that. I was Were you at that game? I was at that game. Oh my <laughs> I was a nice guy. Yeah, I was. I was uh, a buddy of mine. We were there, and we're like. We'll sit in our seats. We'll be there yeah. for the final. And they hit the shot. And we're like, yeah. And we order another. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. That's why you stay. Honestly. Because yeah. exactly. shit does exactly. happen. That's basketball. Yeah. To acknowledge the, um, uh, the first 11 points in game six, I think that moment is also huge because you got to remember up until that point, and he had still had a good playoffs, but not a great playoffs. Yeah. He would still be a touted as someone who chokes in the playoffs uh Mm -hmm. and like even though he was having a pretty good playoffs especially against milwaukee like he started coming to his own he still hadn't shed that and so like the first getting those like opening points in game six was like it felt like yeah i shall not be denied and that whole like playoff thing the whole playoff like um the the aura of like not playing well in the playoffs completely shed in those yeah. four, first few moments it was like we shall not be denied it was great yeah it yeah. was like the true like leadership time you know like he's get on get behind me guys like i got this you know first 11 points like Kawhi and pascal are just like whoa okay we're, we've got to fucking we got to we got to finish this game off here we got to win the championship today today's the day like if kyle's doing this we gotta we gotta do this you know yeah, he went so, like full Dumbledore yeah, amazing shall not pass. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, he's making making a statement. I don't know who the Balrog was, but you know, um, <laughs> no. And, and and Darren, I'm really glad you brought up like a moment of pain because I yes. think that <laughs> Kyle was like tough enough to work through that, which sort of like yeah, like that's why we're here. You know, as yeah, I was saying, like that's kind of why we have this is like the Kyle's imprint on the franchise as opposed to just like you know, imprint on basketball and there's nothing to take. I'm going to try to take anything away from Vince. Cause Vince like, you know, half man, half amazing. Like that's why I am a hardcore Raptors basketball fans. Cause of Vince Carter, like I consider yeah. myself a Vince Carter era fan. I was 13, you know, mm-hmm. I thought he was Michael Jordan. Um, yeah. But like, you know, <laughs> Kyle, was Jordan. what's that? He thought he was Michael Jordan. He thought he was. I mean, a lot of I wasn't the only one. Like he was like he was my he was our Michael Jordan. He was for crazy. sure. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Kyle was like, you know, he was good for like the hockey part of the town. He was also yeah. like north, he was a you know, Philly guy, so he was like super tough. Yeah. So he, it, everything about him just like came together in Toronto, came together yeah. in that championship run. And I think that's why this is like such a different feeling as far as appreciating a player. Like it's not the same as like when DeMar came back or, you know, when Casey came back or even Kawhi, right? Like it's kind of just like, it's extra special. It's just like, man, you fought 
for this city and you know you you did what what no one else could do um yeah but I think uh, he he's also just like the like toronto sports fan kind of what we like in uh, our athletes you know like a real rough guy that still gets the job like a leader gets the job done like like you look at like past like leaf plate like we love Ty Domi, like Darcy, mm-hmm. Ty, like these guys that aren't great offensive, but we just like the rugged kind of guys. And like for the Raptors, he was everything as far as that, you know, totally we like a guy and just, yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. For the hockey fans, I feel like, you know, it's like if, if Wendell Clark won, a I was going to say that. Wendell exactly. Clark. Yeah. Great. If Wendell, great if Wendell Clark was like, yeah. actually got the ring. Obviously yeah. there's a whole Leafs, Thing and a curse and that will be like like yeah. basically when the leafs win like ghosts will come out of buildings and stuff and it will <laughs> yeah. be like a different thing. burn down so I, I, yeah. i'm i'm taking oh. off to my i don't have a cottage but i'm just gonna yeah. like, i don't know like head to the suburbs where it will, will be empty because they're all be here yeah. trashing king street yeah that um, yeah that toughness and another moment quick was sure. just like when Remember that? I don't know if it was the bubble or whenever the hell it was, but he like called. He got into a confrontation with like Ben Simmons, and he's like, "Meet me in the locker room." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He knew, but who knows? Yeah, but but that was like you know we're like, oh yeah, that's our guy. (laughs) Like we know nothing's gonna happen, but we're just like, yeah, get him back there. My uh, my moments just quickly are, you know, there's like, obviously there's so many specific moments, but yeah. from the game, you know, I, again, like I totally agree with you, Darren, like the game was secondary, but I had to reframe it immediately. Cause when I yeah. sat down <laughs> and the people like the, I, I share season seats with my brothers and a bunch of people. And, you know, I yeah. know some of the people in my uh, shout out section 309. Like I know some of the people and I sat to, uh, you know, next to this uh, father and son who I, I know well, they're great guys. And, I was like, uh, I could just tell the vibe was off. And I was like, did I miss it? And they're like, you missed the whole thing. And I was like, oh, my oh, God. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I just was like, all right, whatever. I'm locked into the game. So yeah. I was like noticing all the Fred Kyle stuff. And I was like, this is cool. I'm loving this. I'm like, you know, watching Scotty trying to guard him and like just all the little moments. But what yeah. actually struck me the most was around sometime in the second half, I was like, oh, this is such a fun feeling. I absolutely hate playing against this guy. Uh, because yeah. he's tweaking the game in such a way where we're playing great, but he yeah. changed the momentum. He's yeah. the one who got everybody going. Like he, there was a couple times where like people were guard, like, I, I remember one time Scotty was trying to guard him real close. Yeah. And I was like, Scotty don't. Yeah. And he just like locked Scotty's arm and got a foul. There was one time he went to get a rebound. He did the classic, like rebound, like amongst the trees and fall down on his back. Yeah. That, and he like, you know, got the foul. And I was like, he just, he's such a master at being like, okay, what, who, like, who do I need to piss off? Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, who am I going to piss off on this other team to make sure that like their energy goes wrong? So like that was the game. And then for me all time, I, you know, I, I wasn't there, but uh, in the, I think, I don't think it was the year before Tampa, I'm pretty sure. But um, the comeback against the Dallas Mavericks was like a classic, yeah. like oh, yeah, Ky- yeah, yeah. Kyle plus like, like Rondé Hollis Jefferson and like Malcolm <laughs> Miller. And it's like, that was like pure Kyle plus bench Kyle energy. Bench, man. Yeah. He just was like, who's with me. Okay, cool. We're going to make the, you know, what are the 10th biggest comebacks in NBA history? Didn't biggest it, comeback in a decade. Like, yeah. didn't it feel like he just beat us with a Kyle and bench though? Like no Butler, no Tucker. He did. He's just like, 
Kenny goes, Struess? What the heck? I know. Yeah, everyone's like, Max Struess? Like, only two syllables? Who is this yeah, guy? Yeah, it was well, yeah, I didn't know, know who he was. And then, yeah. So, speaking like, of, yeah, speaking of, like, getting people paid, like, having a game, like, like obviously, Hero, we know about him, but, like, he's getting these, like, three-point specialists, like, open shots. Oh, my like, God. To make, like, we know all about it, but it was great. It was it was nice to see, I guess. I don't know. It was. Know it was not nice, but <laughs> we knew was what was happening. Yeah, it was frustrating, but it was it was it was cool too. Um, yeah. Okay, Darren, let's stick with you and um, okay. just just uh, yeah, I guess in the spirit of like you know pissing people off. Yes, mm-hmm. I feel like this team, this team in particular, this Raptors team, doesn't have any like natural heels, no. and. I mean, we're frustrating as a whole to play against, but if you had to choose a guy, like who's the guy, you know, a random team's coming in and everyone's yeah. like, don't let this dude piss you off. Yeah. Cause like you, you got to think there's somebody like that on this team. Maybe not, you know, and if there isn't one, that's fine. But like who, yeah. Who's the guy that people just really don't enjoy playing against. Well, Right. For any reason, I do, I do think we have like a pretty like overall nice team. There's no real like bad yeah. bev style, but I was thinking no. like Scotty Barnes to me is him because hmm. he's a rookie and he's dominating. Like, and he's so big that it's probably just annoying that this goddamn kid is just so good. <laughs> like, I'll say that, but mm-hmm. also just Raptors long arms, the long arms. That's yeah. annoying. So. <laughs> I had a guy. Or I still do, but I think Scotty's the actual answer because because yeah, like I, just, I wasn't thinking about Scotty because he's so new, but yeah. he's pissed off LeBron. He's, he's pissed off Jokic. Like yeah. this guy actually does make people mad. So Scotty, I think, is the answer. He's doing the thing where he's on a break where he's looking back, which nobody yeah. knows, nobody knows if that's intentionally rude or he just <laughs> did checking if he's gonna get hit or not. I don't know what it is, yeah. but he does that a lot. Gets in people's heads. He's clapping. And people like mm-hmm. he plays every position too, so he's going around slapping mm-hmm. everyone. You know what I mean? That's so. a, yeah, <laughs> and he's really physical too. And he also, I feel really like physical. This, this whole team kind of hunts mismatches, and like they, you know, a big part of this, a big part of our, part of our offense is like first guy down the court tries to pin whoever they're playing, and like yeah, Scotty has this thing where he's just like I'm bigger than everyone, even if yeah. I'm not. Like yeah. he's he's po- exactly. I don't know if he's posted up against Embiid, but. He's he's tried to bully like just about everyone in the league and yeah. If not, then he's definitely involved at guard, guarding Embiid. I'm sure it takes five people to guard Embiid. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I love that answer, Scotty. Yeah, and yeah. and I definitely think the the rookie thing's key too, right? Because mm-hmm. he's not just like flashy, fun rookie. He's like a grimy rookie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. also watching this like you know the Lakers uh, TV show or whatever. The Magic yeah. Johnson thing, winning where, time, baby. Yeah, winning time. Where they're just like, it seems like a cream just hated Magic Johnson because he was a rookie, basically. So I'm like imagining all these like older guys seeing Scotty just doing like you know not exactly, but you know, being very good at such a young age is probably really mm-hmm. annoying. <laughs> uh, who, who's your guy, yeah? Uh, I was thinking about this because uh, you said who's our Pat Bev on the team and i was like we don't have one uh yeah we don't have a pat bev like that was maybe weirdly because it's not we don't have a dirty no it's a very understandable way understanding way to put it uh and the way i put it was like how you started who's the player that people hate playing against and it probably for me is pascal because just just the the amount of times he puts people through the spin cycle 
Mm-hmm. It is insane. And he's very hard to guard as a four because I know NBA guard, um, NBA fours and power forwards are starting to get more athletic, but it's still very hard to guard a long, lanky, deceptively fast power forward with a spin move like that. Like his footwork is there. I mean, it's it's probably the closest because it's like generally who do you hate to play against? I, I like I was gonna say Fred because he just but he's got a chip on his shoulder and so I don't think people hate playing against him. They just deceptively hate after looking the score sheet realize yeah. Fred popped off on them. I think people love Fred. Fred. Yeah, I think people I think people like love Fred's story about like undrafted to his contract, and I think people who are guarding him are like, <laughs> well he's short so he got him. So, but at the end of the day, Fred's still averaging is like 19 and eight. And so like, yep. like when you look at the score sheet, you realize you got dusted. I think it's the same kind of like mentality to liking something back. Yeah. Well, to I, uh, The way I, Jim Jackson used to describe why Kobe was better than LeBron, because he was like, it's hard to guard Kobe and it's, I'm scared to guard him and LeBron, I'm not. And then you look it up and you're like, LeBron dusted you every time you went there. It was like, <laughs> because you're not scared to face him doesn't mean he's not killing you. Yeah. Yeah. You that's great. Yeah. And so like, it's like, yeah, I don't think people are as scared to face Fred. So they kind of look forward to it because they, they finally feel like they have some sort of relief because all the starting point guards are like six, five now. But I think people genuinely look at Pascal who's having, um, he feels. I feel like he took the All Star snub personally. Um, he 100 percent got snubbed. Mm-hmm. Jared Allen, come on. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I think he took it purpose, took it personally, and now he's about to be All NBA. So, not, uh, not to mention. It. Sorry, go ahead, Darren. Sorry, I was just gonna say not to mention. Okay, this guy spins on you like crazy, and then he scores. Then he screams and won every single time. Yeah, that's dude, gotta that's be. Enough. The worst. Where did he go? Oh, now he's just screaming in my ear. Okay. Uh, Pascal was was my answer. I have a backup, but Pascal was my guy. Pretty yeah. much like, so Yao covered it way better, but like, I, that's the only thing I was going to add is like, there's so many clips of him being like, and one. Like, yeah. and he just, yeah. really, just the one clip it. where he says it like seven times in a row to me is like, and he retweeted it. That's one of the funniest things I've ever seen because like, <laughs> yeah. he's just on the ground, like screaming in the air, being like, yeah. and one. <laughs> yeah. And like, you won't stop. And yeah. like, it's so annoying. Like, yeah. Um, and then he also does things like someone, someone on Twitter pointed this out. I'm like, oh, that's pretty funny. Like yeah. anytime there's like a bad shooter, he'll like be yelling in their ear and it like to his team, like rebound. And like, <laughs> like he does, he has a way of being antagonistic. And I think yeah. also, yeah, like people make fun of the spin cycle. And I mean, shout out Matt Devlin just yelling Drano now um, or speedwash, <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah. but like, yeah, uh, it, it is frustrating. And, you know, I, th- I think, uh, yeah, covered it well too, because like Pascal is like, yeah, he just doesn't fit the the regular story uh, in the NBA. He's not a top draft pick. He doesn't have like traditional yeah. skill. Like everything about him is a bit funky. And yeah. the fact that he's finding himself, and you know, to your point about the All Star too, it's like I think at this point he'll be an All. I, I don't know if he's a full All NBA snub, depending on what you think about DeRozan and Levine and Butler. Well, but I think so, I was thinking about the forwards in the yeah, he's in East. there. 
And so you're like, who who's going to be in the front court of these? So the first team is going to be, I mean, like, no, like you think about like it's Giannis, Durant, Embiid, and then you have Jokic, who should be on the second team, but that's a whole other story. Uh, then you have LeBron. And then after that, you're like, okay, maybe Jimmy Butler because they're in first place. Mm-hmm. Tatum. Tatum. Tatum, even though, like, Boston overrates him, but at the same time, he is having a great season. Yep. Um, that's what you like. But then after that, you're like, Pascal should be up there. Like, Yeah, he should get third team for sure. Like, yeah. I can see it. I'm I'm here for that. I'm like, who else is there? Like, once I go east and west, Draymond is the only other one that might sneak in there because, like, Golden State is clearly a different team with and without him. Yeah, I mean, to, to um, the point about Jared yeah. Allen, uh, I think that's the same same way. Um, like Jared Allen, as soon as he got injured, Cleveland like went went off. Like they can't win a goddamn game, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he definitely has that. Yeah, so I was thinking like it's the same way with Draymond. Like it's um, like Pascal should have been the All Star, but man, Jared Allen's awesome for that too. Yeah. Um. All right, let's hit up some NBA, but I'll, I'll just drop mine real quick. Like my, my, my backup was I was debating between like Gary or Boucher. And I think it's kind of yeah. Boucher because he just, he looks like he shouldn't be as tough as he is. And he's not afraid of anybody. And he blocks like three point shots. And I, th- <laughs> I think he'd be kind of frustrating to play against. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's crazy. But I think Scotty is the right answer. And, and Pascal was my answer, but mm-hmm. um I'm going to invite Maddie in here in a second, but first let's let's uh, let's move on to some NBA uh, some NBA stuff. So Maddie, give me your I don't even know what to say anymore. Give me your weird website sting. I will look for go. it. I will find you, and I will talk some NBA. I found it. I be your eye. Okay, I think I think that's Liam Neeson. Um, he kind of sounds robotic, anyways. I will look for you. I will find you, and I will talk some NBA. Wow. wow, that's nice. That's nice. Nice, uh, nice Neeson. Nice. Um, nice. That's a nice Neeson. Like, he has a particular set of skills. They're conversational skills. He likes yeah, to take yeah. to coffee. Yes, they are. Um, it's, yeah, he likes to talk about the NBA. That's it, actually. Scotty loves to chat. Yeah. Um, Those are right. skills. That's it, actually. Some, some people have, like, they can do different things. This guy's a good talker. He listens. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh, Maddie, come on in. Uh, thank you for that. Um, I no love problem. how you also you only pick like really tough guys. So like, <laughs> is that a thing? Like, uh, you know what? Can I'm going through my tough guy phase right now. Yeah, you know, I, I I'll move on. Request Seagal. Uh, I'm requesting Seagal. <laughs> Just you know, um, see what I can do. Okay. Uh, so this one, uh, you know, silly answers welcome, uh, of course, but uh, it's kind of award season. And, you know, traditionally we'll talk about like, you know, who won what award and I'm sure we'll do that. But I think it or I thought it would be fun to see if we can find some areas of the NBA that we feel like are underappreciated and like turn that into an award. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, let's go to you first, Darren. Um, Yeah. What's like just make up an award for me, like end of season award. uh, that Doesn't exist. I know you wanted me to be silly, but I'm taking this very seriously. That's fine, too. So for me, ever since the coaches stopped, you know, dressing in suits, 
they're looking amazing on the side, all matching in their golf shirts and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the best dress coaching staff. Mm -hmm. I think the Raptors, Raptors might get it. I love the way they look. They're all matching in their, um, oh, yeah. you know, maroons and big blacks cats. and grays. Yeah, big cats in there looking like, you know, an old, like, you know, retired Jabberwockies or something. Like, they're all <laughs> looking amazing over there. So I think they need to be appreciated for their style and the fact they're not wearing suits anywhere, but it's fine, you know? Everything's cool. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm going That's there. I'm going going off the off the books here and also you know <laughs> you, you think about narratives like once that award happens then it's all on now you know next yeah. season people are just wearing like ridiculous things and oh like, yeah yeah mm -hmm. designers are coming in yeah they uh, might get a bright color <laughs> yeah well, there's gonna be like ralph lauren going can i sponsor your coaches 100 yeah yeah um, it's gonna happen it's going to happen well yeah what's up uh, what's your what's your end of season award? Okay, so we're talking about underappreciated. Underappreciated. Something that is appreciated less than it should. And I am thinking to myself, hey, you know what's really underappreciated? Receiving criticism and then playing well afterwards. So Ooh. my award is for. Um, I like that. To for let's call it the thin skin Twitter award. And it Whoa. goes to Kevin Durant. <laughs> Every year? <laughs> yeah. Now, the Burner Account Award? Most of the time, your boy here is like, Kevin Durant is a little overrated. Uh, he'll never be the best player in the NBA. Uh, I'll go after him. He's just a great suitor. But I will fully acknowledge that historically, Kevin Durant actually has the toughest demeanor. And here's why. Um, so, on first things first, I, which is a TV show that talks about sports, I watch. Uh, one of the hosts tweeted about uh, Nick Wright, who I follow on Twitter, tweeted about how Kevin Durant is always second in things. And Durant it got in his feelings and responded. I saw now, that, yeah. Now, historically, LeBron goes into dark mode, he doesn't check the media during the playoffs. Um, Michael Jordan ignored fans, only talked to uh, Imam Rashad. Uh, <laughs> Which really is funny. so weird and funny. It's weird it's and funny, funny. And, but he was there's such a disdain. Everyone is like, don't check Twitter. Don't look at it. Don't take these things personally. Kevin Durant not only had a birder account, which is like all times the lame and everyone called him out on it, but he routinely <laughs> checks people. He will routinely check people and still drop numbers. And he, I don't think anyone in the history of the NBA could do that, could take that much criticism to know what people are saying about them, good or bad. Like, he is very thin-skinned and still go out and, like, ball. And I think that is super, super underappreciated. Everyone, like, it is, like, something – like, Tom Brady can't even do it in the NFL. So Some people are just very, very, like – very sensitive, including Kevin Durant, and they take it personally and they have a bad game. And I'm like, I'm not talking about like he goes out and drops 60 and goes in your face. I'm like, he takes it and then goes out and does his job properly, like how everyone feels like you should. So it is very underappreciated to take all that Twitter heat and still be at the top of your game. So Kevin Durant, today on this podcast for your boy Yao, you're finally getting your flowers. 
Uh, I'll also shout out KD as, as someone who, you know, I wasn't sure if he would make it to all NBA level post Achilles injury. Like it's, it's been an inspiration. Like he absolutely, you know, regardless of like the, the success of the nets, um, historically or whatever, he really, really, he himself has done it and has been excellent on both sides of the ball. Like one of my arguments is that he would lose a step defensively and, you know, just the Achilles injury is crazy. So he's changed the game that way. Um, Okay, Maddie, what's up? What's your, what's your award? I don't know if they have this award or not. I don't think they do. At least it's like probably somewhere else that they they get awards for this. But, you know, along with the other NBA awards, they don't. I think the broadcast needs to get some awards every year. I think there's got to be a best broadcaster, you know. Um, Yeah, for sure. I think it'd be cool to, you know, That'd call it call it the like the Larry Bird's Eye Broadcast Award or something. And okay, you got a name. <laughs> and That's yeah, great. just like I don't know if if they would be competing against each other or it's just like one team gets honored every year. But you know, I feel like that's the for the majority of of basketball fans that like this is they're such a part of our viewing experience, right? Like hundred percent. So I, I just think that you know. We we obviously are biased towards uh, Matt Devlin and Jack and and it's we as you said like he does weird things he's doing Drano now Ron Jeremy uh, some people hate it some people hate OG <laughs> oh my uh, but overall it's like it's it's always exciting and you know I think every franchise has I think the fans really appreciate them so yeah give them a little bit of love at the end of the year give them the uh, the Bird's Eye Broadcast Award I'll, Bird's I'll, Eye Broadcast that's a great I'll one I'll start. I just want to say shout out, shout out Amy Odebear. Like, uh, I think it's her first year, right? And she's been, yeah. she always kills it whenever she comes on. So yeah, she's you know, been personally. amazing. We have so so many good rookies in the Raptors culture here. You know, yeah, Nurse has been great. Um, yeah. Oh, I was like nurse, right? Kia, of course. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I didn't, even, I didn't even connect that they had the same last name. Yeah, oh my god. Oh my god, it's blowing my mind right now. <laughs> yes, there's Kia Nurse and Dr. <laughs> Nick Nurse. Dr. Nick Nurse coaches the Raptors. Oh right. <laughs> he is so a doctor. Was mine, that. mine, and I think this is more of just like a fan thing. And um okay, I was for, for like for a serious one that could maybe be like a I guess like the Damian Lillard award is I wouldn't mind like a clutch award, but I feel like that would be the most mm. annoying you know, like parlor debate thing. So like just, sure. you know, it would be fun to have that and to analyze that. But like, it, I, I see people just being constantly mad about that, but that's um, in game entertainment. Uh, and, and that's like when you're in the arena, what, yes. who has, who has the most fun atmosphere and why, obviously it's like super debatable. I think a recent game I went to, I was like, wait a second, have the Raptors finally like listened to my wishes and, and, done some theater lighting because I, I i think i saw that i think it felt it felt like they didn't they i don't know if it's because the speaker lit on fire but like they yeah it, the crowd was less lit and i was like this is awesome this is what i've always wanted like boston or la or new york like i love that theater lighting yeah also, we're we're like a basketball uh town now so we don't need to like not everything needs to be about t-shirts and whatever um yeah so mine would be like a yeah, in in like in arena award. I went to a Pistons game once at, at the Auburn Hills, and like they had a little, like funk band in one corner. Mm-hmm. I was like that's cooler than Toronto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was also I empty do. there, so 
I do think they have the like darker court when they use like the black and gold jerseys. Is that correct? Like the oh, is that is it coincides think, with think, that? That makes sense. I think I think that's probably why you're like, oh, it looks like you know theater lighting or whatever. Oh, that makes that sense. Might, that might have been it because I noticed that too. I think it looks great. I think they. Oh, it, it looks, looks amazing. Great. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, let's wrap this baby up with the last question. Yeah, I'm gonna go to you first. Word. Um, and I don't know if you were, you were, you know, suggesting that there was something that was a little bit dicey. So I don't know if this is it. And l- let me just frame this. <laughs> so I don't think the super team is a, is a concept that will ever be done. You always yeah. want to assemble the best possible people. However, I think with the Nets and the Lakers this year, players assembling those teams, like kind of on their own, has sort of been a, you know, a tragedy. Like it's like, obviously there's injuries and there's anti-vaxxers and whatever, but the Lakers are in 11th behind San Antonio. Who's like not even trying to win. And the nets are 10th and they don't, I mean, everyone's like scared of the nets in the play in sure. Conceptually that is scary, but I'm not really scared of a team that's in 10th. Like that's just not a very frightening scenario. Uh, but so anyways, all, all that said, you know, with the, the rise of these kind of like more organically built teams, I'm wondering, like, are we, wit- what are we witnessing? I guess I'm suggesting we're witnessing the end of, yeah, the like player assembled super teams, but, um, yeah, I, I don't even know what I'm asking. Like just agree or disagree. Give me your thoughts on the idea of the super team right now. Yeah. All right, two things. One, this was not the question I found today, so this is the question I could talk the most about. The question I found today okay. was the Pat Pad one, because I was like, no one hates a rapper. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, this one is like, I don't think, I think we're witnessing the death of a fear of the assembled team. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah. and I, I attribute this to a couple things. One, um, Kawhi uh, and the Raptors winning was kind of like, like it was like kind of a, it's still even though like Golden State was hurt, um, and Durant wasn't fully there and Clay wasn't fully there. I think the fact that we beat that squad with those members on there uh, just puffed up our chest and made the rest of the league go, oh, we can, we do have the audacity to beat them. Um, totally, we broke the wheel, man. Yeah, I think the problem with those two teams. Um, is they they have soft GMs. I think they just didn't build a good team in the sense of like a team. Um, where like right now Phoenix, which is the media darling, looks like the prototypical perfect team. Where like there's a point guard and there's an mm-hmm. outside guard and there's a big man who stays inside and it's like defenders. Not, yeah, uh, yeah, not adhering to like any kind of like um, new metrics they they shoot the mid-range um they're just like an they're like an old heads dream where like well said yeah phoenix is like traditionally they're like defying analytics by being traditional in a weird way yeah and Mm -hmm. the raptors are like kind of like the opposite but also like a darling in the sense that they're built away through the front office through the coach that like that raptors team is like probably one piece in some experience away from like really contending with Milwaukee, um, who I think is far and away the best team in the East. And mm-hmm. even Milwaukee has like, there's an order to things. Like if things go through Giannis and everyone knows their role, um, where the Nets 
and the Lakers um, try to circumvent some things. But the mm-hmm. Lakers, I think something people need to realize and understand, the only good player the Ra- Lakers have ever drafted and turned out to be like a legend is Magic. Like people forget that Kobe spent his whole career there, but he wasn't drafted. Mm-hmm. By the Lakers traded Shaq. for Kobe. They, Shaq was a free agent acquisition. Um, like, yeah. so you're, Kobe. You're, Kobe was Kobe was like a trade draft day, but nevertheless, they traded for him. They got him. They got yeah. him. They got him from his rookie year, but nevertheless, still traded. Like, there's no. Um, they traded. They needed to trade Divox for him, and not for the pick for the player. So, like, mm-hmm. you could have traded for the pick and then drafted him, but they traded for the player after he was drafted. Um, <laughs> And that's because Shaq was in the like Shaq was in the wings, and so knowing Shaq was coming, they could take a risk on a high school kid, and so they traded for him from Charlotte. Nevertheless, I just think the super team, the way players have put it together, is off because there's a nostalgia amongst players. Again, I go back to the whole Jim Jackson um, quote about how he was like. Kobe is better than LeBron, and then you look on paper, and you're like, in what way? Because you're not – you play better against Kobe than you do against LeBron. And players have that same mentality where they're like, you know who's great? Russ. And you're like, well, analytically, he hasn't been great. He doesn't fit with your team, and everyone on the outside in saw that. So a good GM would have been like, that's a nice suggestion, LeBron. Um we're going to move on, though, and get some yeah. else. But how, how many people are going to – I mean, are they going to stand up to LeBron, though? It just wasn't going to – and especially, like, I feel like he was the – I mean, the Miami days are, like it's, – it's the example of player GM, right? When Dwayne Wade and, you know, Chris Bosh yeah. LeBron. When that happened, everyone's like, okay, LeBron, okay, we trust you a bit. And then, obviously, they went all the championships and whatnot. And now it's like whenever they're trying to do that, like he's, he's you know, past his prime. I mean, obviously very good. But, I mean, he just can't have that kind of weight on him anymore without, like, you know, a good bench and stuff. And when he got Russ for all the – basically his bench, um, that kind of, like, that set them back quite a bit. So. Well, again, like, totally. people blame LeBron for, like, this GM thing, which I think is, one – ridiculous and two like at the end of the day he got you a ring like every stop he goes to he gets a championship like let's look at freaking yeah usually four teams a decade at the most win a title and he's a good he's a good win now gm you know, but he's not like gonna build your team up. He's like, I'm playing right now. Let's go. Let's get. Oh yeah, you know, he went to the, he went to the Lakers, or you know, he went to the Cavs, and he's like, get rid of Wiggins. He went to the Lakers, yeah. he's like, get rid of get, Ball, yeah, uh, Randall, Russell, Ingram, <laughs> like all these yeah. young guys who are you know pretty good in the league now. He's yeah. like, get rid of all these guys, and uh, we're not gonna make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Then we're gonna win the championship, yeah. and then we're not gonna make the playoff we're gonna make the play in and yeah so it's sort of like i think that's a good point and i think yao brings up a good point with like it's i think what i'm talking about is like circumventing but 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 darren where are you at with this like idea of a super team is it like yao saying kind of like we just don't need to have the fear of it anymore it's not like what happens when paul george and Kawhi unite it's like well not that much it's such a weird year where it's like it's it's hard to even use Nets as an example because they, you know, obviously don't have Simmons at all. They didn't have Kyrie a lot of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. Kevin Durant got injured. So that's like the superstar, superstar team. 
And then obviously Sixers, uh, Harden leaving. I mean, sorry, uh, Simmons leaving, they're getting Harden. And then that's just the two of them. So there's two superstars count as a superstar team now. Like, it's hard, it's hard yeah, to say. But... Like, you, like, because I still think of, like, the Miami, like, as an example, with, like, three superstar superstars, right? Like, they control everything. Mm-hmm. Everything runs through them. But, like, if you have two super, like, you know, we're waiting for Paul Jordan and Kawhi to, like, see what they can do finally. Like, and then, you know, it's, it's, I guess it's the way that superstar teams are kind of like need to be built basically is the golden state way is the Phoenix way, which is like you get these like, you know, Devin Booker, Aiden, and then you grab a Chris Paul and there's your big three, you know, you, you you draft Thompson, Curry, Draymond there. That's enough. But then obviously you get KD, you know, like that's just, or like the bucks. The Bucks, exactly. The Bucks have Giannis, and then you know they Middleton's they Middleton. the other guy, right? Yeah, and then they got Holiday, you know, and then they win a championship. So and I don't like, know if yeah, if Middleton and, and Holiday, I don't know if people consider them superstars or great exactly. players or all stars, but well, yeah. I think there's a few. I think there's a few things that we're not considering in this whole thing. One is like when when LeBron, uh, Bosch, and Dwayne Wade. United in Miami, they all took pay cuts. So they were able to build better teams around them and they got better shooters. They got Ray Allen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Udonis Haslam that we were able to keep and re-sign. Um, so like Miami's such a different case because it's just because they did sacrifice for like the big longevity. Because the, the problem is with Brooklyn, and this is why my hand went up and in my in Los Angeles is your top players are taking every dollar. And so, like, yeah. Brooklyn, you can say Kyrie is not there the whole time. Listen, Kyrie hasn't played a whole season his whole damn career, um, and he can't last. He's one of the least durable players, but it, he's done a really good job of, like, avoiding that tag. But, like, when's the last time you've seen him play more than 60 games? Um, <laughs> for one reason or another. Uh, this year, yeah, this year no, really uh... – Bench. Really, really figured it out this year. It's <laughs> yeah. just like there's no bench in, and there's no support in Los Angeles, and there's no support in Brooklyn. Where yeah. like if they lose one player, which shouldn't be the detriment, you have two all NBA caliber, but they shouldn't get like all NBA caliber players. And you have one, you should still be able to win some games, for, especially against below 500 teams, like. There's no reason like Brooklyn should have lost to Atlanta. Um, but like Trey took their lunch. It was like Kyrie has played enough games where like if you have a strong coach and a strong GM, you should be able to go to Kyrie and go, hey, we don't win when you outshoot Kevin Durant. But that's an ego management thing. That's not yeah. a super team thing. And like in Los Angeles, Rob Blinka, who's the GM, who's the worst – and G, um, what's your name? Linda Rambis, who should not be in that office, are like, well, we're going to listen to LeBron and then we're going to get Magic Johnson to go on late night shows and ESPN and trash him because we want control of our team back. Like, stand up to the guy and be like, we build a team. This is not successful. We did things mm-hmm. your way. Like, I think that's just, I, th- I do think that's just the sacrifice of having LeBron on your team. Like, he's just one of one, like the biggest superstar yeah. in basketball like top top two of all time like if you get him on your team he's 
he's controlling it. Like, if he wants Westbrook, that's what happens. Well, like, he did it. Out on DeMar he did it and they got him a ring. But then you tore the team apart. So that when you – only the Raptors in recent history have had, like, a championship team's DNA completely restructured in, in like, in the season leading up to a defense. Like – like no one, like only two major players were that, on that team were still there, and so like that. Yeah, Nick, I'm not blaming LeBron for that whole team kind of falling apart. Like no, I mean, like if, if Anthony Davis gets injured and he does a lot as well, like same with Kyrie, like that's a huge chunk of your team. Like mm-hmm. yeah, just I don't think difference. I don't think Kyrie and Anthony Davis are doing their end of the bargain. I don't think they've come to play. I think Kyrie just, has no interest in playing basketball anymore. Um, and it's hard because Ben Simmons also has no interest in playing basketball. So I feel really bad for Booking fans who are like. I, but I, yeah, that's that's team on that to me is sort of the, the super team thing, right? It's like yeah. if, if everything is hinging everything on three to, players being healthy yeah. and one of them isn't, well, then you're in trouble. Yeah. So it's sort of like this thing. It's like as far as a team building thing. And sorry, go ahead, Darren. Well, just like to win a championship, everything needs to click, right? Like mm-hmm. the injuries are going to happen. Like when when you hit the playoffs, that's like what two months of playing the most intense basketball. Injuries are going to happen. Everything needs to click. So it's like, yeah, it's it's tough to like just blame this and that and like the injuries and whatnot. But like that's just how it goes. You know? yeah. yeah, and it's all just like theorizing at the end of the day. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, but. I, I mean, let's if we compare super teams to like super team ups or whatever the case may be, like they only work with sacrifice, and like it is hard to build a team when like forty percent of your cap is being being eaten up by two good players or three. Like it's just hard to build it, especially when players are like, I know I'm worth more, and like. I could go to your team and sacrifice, but then LeBron's still taking top dollar. And I'm not saying LeBron doesn't deserve it because LeBron is an ec- economy all of his own and he will bring you a title that he has proven that in four stops. Um, I, so- I will say that the I do think the Westbrook trade really uh, screwed them up because you lost like Kuzma, Caruso, like you lost like all these really, really good bench players mm-hmm. that were like a part, of, a part awesome. of that. Only Caruso. What's that? Only Caruso, Only Caruso was good. Okay. Kuzma was trash, and they're like, they kept the yeah. too long. Well, he should have been just, the Pelicans trade. I just keep bringing that up because if they just got Demar and kept those guys, it's a different situation. But like when you flip sure. all those players around, it makes a huge hole. And I don't. Yeah, think you can you can talk about like the the salary cap and all that, but it's like if you just got Demar to fill in that the cap isn't like changed at all. It's just like. Once you get rid of those guys, it's a huge thing. Guys, I, I shouldn't have brought this up last because uh, <laughs> yeah, we got to wrap this up. But this has been a good one. Let me one thing before. Sure, yeah. J- drop your thing. final point. In defense of Russell Westbrook because he is, he is taking it this year. I don't think anyone could have predicted that he was going to have the worst season of his career. And I think the reason why they got him is because, like, he has twice shown that he can carry a team – drag a team through a whole like a section of games and that's what i think they wanted because they also like everyone knows that anthony davis can't make it through a whole season and lebron is getting up there so they thought at points that he would be like oklahoma city dragging 
to a six seed, and then when LeBron's back, they can boost from there. I don't think they called the whole like mm-hmm. he's not going to be in it. Hey, he killed us. He killed the rap. So he, I, I'm just saying, in defense of Westbrook, because the media and fans are just murdering him, and thus everyone's murdering the trade. I didn't think the trade was great, but I understood why they did. Hey man, sure. I'm I'm definitely like of all my early season takes, I feel like I had a lot of strong ones. I thought the Lakers Russ, you know, experiment was gonna work. So I'll put my hand up as someone who yeah. thought that he would buy in and everything would just kind of like end up working and for sure it hasn't. But uh I for yeah. sure didn't think he was gonna buy in, but <laughs> fair. But, but uh, I didn't yeah. think he would be able to carry them for like a few wins, like keep them afloat. Look, Darren, do, thought, do you have a all, final point? We all thought Dwight Howard, Steve Nash were going to win it on the Lakers too, right? So it's just beginning of the season. That's just how it goes. I know. So, In the yeah, summer, it's like big names, thing. right? Now we, yeah, we all change our opinions now. Yeah, so, yeah. People, but yeah. In the summer, no one's like, yeah, no one's like, Precious is going to be great. No, hit the three. Gary's yeah. going to play D. Like all these no things, like, these intangibles. Like exactly. you know, people, it's easy for people to be like, three biggest names, they win. Yeah, exactly. Um, but guys, this this pop is amazing. Like, I feel like we could talk for another hour. Uh, you, you guys are awesome. Yal, let me go to you first. A lot of things are happening. Springs here. You know, I'm sure you're doing shows. <laughs> yeah, just just in case anyone's wondering, Springs here. Uh, no, but um, we are wondering. It's a legit question to ask. Have you seen the weather? <laughs> yeah. But uh, what's going on? What do you want to plug? Uh, I uh, so if anybody listens to the pod, I have two monthly shows. I produce two monthly shows at Comedy Bar. So one is called Untitled Unmastered. I did that on purpose, um, not because I'm a Kendrick Lamar fan, but it's because comics go on the show and they work out material. It's the first Friday of every month, so come and see that. Come see comics like really enjoy themselves, like getting through new material. Uh, and then I uh, for year three. Uh, going strong, I host a show called Double Down. So I host it, I'm on it. Uh, I have three comics that come, uh, really great headliners. Uh, the time, there's a time concept where like the first comic is like relatively new. They do five minutes, the next person does 10, the next person does 20, 25. There's sometimes a guest, there's mostly a guest um, on the show. It's great. Uh, that's the second Saturday of every month, both at Comedy Bar, both start at 10. Y'all should come and see it. Um, it's great. You can see why a lot of the comics I had on my show showcase uh, for JFL this past week. Damn right. You check out Yao, follow him, Yao Experience. Uh, he's, a, he's a treasure. Happy to have you back, dude. Um, Darren, what's up? What do you want to let people know? Okay, so I didn't uh, showcase for JFL, but I do host the open mic once in a while, so that's fun. Um, um, there, <laughs> um, I have a, a weekly comedy show, weekly stand-up show. Uh, we just kind of started up on Wednesdays. It's called Winona Ride or Die. It's at Winona Craft Beer Lodge. It's a lot of fun. It's hosted with me, uh, Sam Tatsos, Rena Taylor. And then I have a sports, a Toronto sports podcast. That's what it's called, Toronto Sports Podcast. Yeah. And it's uh, me and my friend Sam again. We just kind of talk about the weekly uh, news in, in sports uh, in Toronto sports and it's a lot of fun. So uh, I really, I do want to shout out also um, all these great uh, basketball podcasts. I listen to all the time, like this one and Catherine Nikers and uh, Alan Shane Lewis. I listen to all these guys. So I'm very happy to be on here. So thanks oh, for man. Thanks for coming. I'll make sure to have you back soon. And uh, yeah, everybody check out uh, Toronto sports pod, check out Winona ride or die. 
And uh, yeah, check these dudes out. Um, I'm feeling like hopefully we'll have a, a nice summer and 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 good times. But uh, you know, also just special shout out to everyone that's been supporting this pod and helping it grow. We got some really big things coming up. So uh, yeah, you'll you'll hear about that for sure. Yeah, I'm sure you, <laughs> you heard about it in the intro. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna hear about it in the intro. Uh, but uh, yeah, thank you all so much. We really really appreciate it. And um, yeah. Uh, Keep on rocking in the free world. No, that's that's Nardwar. Uh, Maddie, if you feel like we're good to go, please just give me those sweet words. Okay. 